Welcome to the Well Actually Podcast. Thank you for joining me. I want to say a big thank you to everyone who has listened, shared, and subscribed to the podcast on various platforms. I really appreciate that. And a big thank you to everyone who has sent in feedback in one way or another. It goes a long way in shaping how the podcast evolves going forward. And uh, I also wanted to get something real quick. Uh, In the last episode, I made mention of how bloggers and disseminators of information need to have the number one focus be accuracy on whatever they say and whatever they put out. So in that spirit, I wanted to correct a few things that were said in the last episode. One being, uh, while I was talking about Mariah Carey, I mentioned that uh, one of her songs, We Belong Together, came out in 2008 and was subsequently named the song of the decade that song actually came out in 2005 uh, so thanks for pointing that out to me also uh, with regards to the man who ran people over the Charlottesville uh, protest he was in fact charged with uh, federal hate crimes and that news broke like literally an hour after the podcast ended So in the spirit of transparency, I also wanted to call myself out on that and to make sure I do a better job of bringing you this information during the podcast. All right, so for this episode, first thing I want to talk about is something I just started, which was a 30-day challenge, which essentially is to go to the gym every day for the month of April. And before you like fit fam or gym gurus uh, chime in and say, oh, you know, you're supposed to have days with uh, recovery and all that. I understand that. But this is more about the consistency and the renewed commitment to go every day to the gym and work out. So it's something I've done a couple times in the past, but that was when I was in much, much better shape. And and it's something that I've, I've uh, mentioned to a couple friends who decided to join in as well. And it's not necessarily about like posting your pictures anywhere. You can if you choose to, because I've noticed that that sort of uh, encourages other people to do it. But in this instance, not just encouragement, but I realize that I respond to shame very well. So I'm basically trying to shame myself into getting into shape. Because I, previously when I was working out pretty regularly, I focused on my arms and chest or whatever because those were the parts that were seen very well. And I guess after not working out for a couple months, it made me even start believing what other people were seeing. That, oh, I'm still in pretty good shape. It turns out the shape I was in was much, pretty much a circle. <laughs> so yeah, the aim is to get healthier not necessarily a target weight because when you have like a target weight not hitting that target makes everything you've done feel like a failure and that is not what this is intended for it's intended to improve your quality of life to make things that you do feel a lot easier like walking up the stairs without feeling like you're having an asthma attack or other physical activities that you might like to partake in more than once without needing a long, long break. But yeah, it's just something where I feel like amongst Nigerians or black people as a whole, we need to take better care of ourselves 
and a big part of that is regular physical activity so in this instance you know 30 days you can join if you feel like it and we're not saying you should go sleep in the gym or anything 45 minutes of intense workout a lot of cardio some lightweight training where you're focusing on the reps and uh, the quality of the rep making sure that you're getting a full range of motion not necessarily anything heavy and then you can track your progress along the way obviously like but don't like measure your weight or whatever every single day that just that's it messes with your mind a bit but yeah hopefully at the end of the month we can all get to see what the results are and hopefully it works out well so another thing that i wanted to discuss is i'm sure a lot of you have seen this video by now but it was uh, well beyonce was at uh, an award ceremony and omar hardwick came up to her and gave her you know a hug and then a kiss and then i'm like initially when i saw them i'm like okay this is like there's nothing wrong here it just seemed like you know someone coming to say hi to someone they really admire and then the video kept going and he went in for another kiss and i was like oh whoa whoa that was you know, that looked kind of awkward and then you could even tell by the reaction on beyonce's face afterwards it was just like whoa okay that went from pleasant to creepy really quickly and fellas when you hear women discussing something like this just first second and third just stop talking okay listen when they're explaining to you their reality something that they experience on a regular basis now's not the time to start giving excuses or or justifications just listen because you realize that this is such a common occurrence that nine out of ten women have a story like this and that tenth woman probably just doesn't want to share hers so the way i saw it at first was like wow that is extremely cringeworthy and at best it is awkward but then there are several layers to that where it's like okay what was the was that second kiss necessary was even the first kiss necessary it's like a hug could have done and this is a situation where a lot of women have found themselves in where men get so comfortable with that sort of touching and they just have to go along with it and be quiet about it in order not to make a scene and i'm not casting any aspersions like this is what he intended to do but in this situation you can't really go by intent versus impact because you've made someone feel wildly uncomfortable all because you were trying to be friendly and this is a this is a thing where men have to be conscious of and don't start saying oh so now we can't hug people and bruh you don't have to hug everyone like you'll know when you can or can't and when in doubt a handshake and then she'll let you know if anything else is okay because a lot of women seem to be able to relate to that almost immediately where at work or church or any social gathering well where someone just feels like they have this right to some sort of contact with the woman and she's just not having it and i just want i just want to issue this uh, a plea or warning or just a psa like fellas 
I know it's not as serious as an assault or anything, but it is still such an uncomfortable position to put somebody else in where you're basically in a way violating the sanctity of their body where you're just what well, you're assuming you have permission when nine times out of ten you probably don't but anyway in that vein uh, someone else who had some sort of issues in this situation was former vice president joe biden and there have been a couple of allegations brought out against him recently where uh one of them alleged one uh, woman alleged that he kissed her on the back of the head at uh, a campaign rally of some sort and this is another situation where you're like at worst he is at best sorry at best he's just really handsy or flirty but even that in itself is a justification of something where a lot of people just aren't comfortable with and he has since come out with a statement saying never did he feel he did anything inappropriate but he will listen to what has been said respectfully so i don't know if that statement is enough for the women in the audience but what he is doing is saying that he's not going to dismiss the claim and it is something where he feels like he has to he has to listen to and this is also a part where people might feel the need to excuse it simply because they like him and that in itself is dangerous because it's not just the creepy looking dude who has all the signs of a quote-unquote predator to that that does these things it's the person where everyone feels like you should be comfortable with in public the, the likable guy where everybody likes his smile that is someone who often gets away with these things mainly because some people just say oh it couldn't be him or they're saying you're overreacting so uh fellas you can see like with all of these stories coming out take a just take a step back and listen and yes these are finally people who are having their stories heard after having to be quiet for so long uh, sorry to get preachy on you, but yeah, this was just something that came up and I really felt like it needed some sort of discussing, even though it's just surface layer. But hopefully somebody might hear that and take note of it. So we're going to take a quick break here and then we'll be right back. So I wanted to talk about something else that I saw recently where... I read that Supernatural is going to be coming back for its 15th and final season. Like, honestly, I felt like that show was going to go on until like the actual uh, end of the world. But yeah, uh, this show came out in 2005 and it's still going on. Like, I saw some people mentioning how they were in high school when the show came out and they probably have kids now or something. So yeah, the show came out in 2005 and it made me wonder like what other shows came out in 2005 and just how different is the TV landscape now compared to when Supernatural first came out. So I just wanted to run through a few of those shows and maybe uh, start some nostalgia with you guys. Uh, first one is Weeds, that annoying ass Nancy Bachman that came out on August 5th, August in 2005. Uh, how I Met Your Mother came out September 2005. 
And when it started out, it felt like a really clever show. Like the writing was really good. Well, with regards to like the flashbacks and all that, but that final season just really, really annoyed me. And, but I'm not even going to get into that anymore. I, I mean, I still watch the reruns. Another show that came out in 2005 was The Office. Now that is a show that I don't feel like could be made in this current climate. Even though there were some rumblings about a remake coming up and I'm not even sure how that's going. But that show has like gotten a lot of publicity lately because it's very popular on Netflix now. And another show that came out in uh, 2005, November, was The Boondocks. Now that is a show where a lot of what's going on now could probably use like the boondocks touch it's just there's just a lot of material for them another show that came out back then was uh, everybody hates chris that came out in september 2005 uh there those people from that show they've even gone on to like two or three different shows since then another good one was numbers uh, this was like a different take on like the fbi procedural where a lot of the police work and a lot of the investigation was done like through math and it might seem a bit corny at times but i feel like that was it was really ambitious in the way they did that <laughs> and then this show uh it was a dating show on mtv called next and i'm sorry but that show had some of like the most embarrassing moments ever where you just get off the bus and she says next immediately like you don't even go on a date or anything and i yeah that that was a really good one and then this show uh called sleeper cell starring michael ely it was one of showtime's uh, first forays into like original programming and it came out in december of 2005 i just want to tell you it's two seasons 18 episodes total of just straight fire so I don't know if it's possible for you to find it anywhere, but if you can, I highly recommend that show. Another show that came out back in 2005 was Run's House, which introduced a lot of people to Rev Run and his family. And you can imagine like how long ago that feels for some people because like his kids have kids now and it's just totally different. And then <laughs> one show, I mean, I never watched it personally, but I've heard from other people about it called Cat House that was on HBO, which is basically a story, like I said, like I heard from people where they, it was basically the daily goings on at a brothel in Nevada. And they were, uh, uh, like I said, like I heard from people, like they were very, very graphic in the show. And uh, RIP Dennis Hoff, who was the owner of the show, the uh, one of the brothel actually he actually won an election after he died so that just tells you all you need to know about some parts of Nevada and then uh, this show which a lot of people claim was will claim as their favorite show ever is Prison Break which debuted August 2005 and I maintain like season one of Prison Break is a top 10 body of work of anything that's ever been on TV season one in particular I'm not talking about the rest just season one was perfect so if you get a chance go check it out I'm sure a lot of you have already seen Prison Break 
And then it surprised me like there were still some shows, other shows other than Supernatural from 2005 that were still on the air. And one of them is Wild and Out. That surprised me. I had no idea it's been on the air this long. So Nick Cannon has been doing his thing uh, since 2005. Another show, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I've honestly never even seen an episode of that show. And a new season came out, uh, I think late last year. And they're still going strong. A lot of comedians have gotten their break on that show. Another big show that's still been going on is Criminal Minds. And I feel like they've redone that cast like three or four times at this point. We're just bringing in a new lead actor or a new lead actress, and they've, but they've just been churning out episodes as well. And I, after a while, I just stopped paying attention to that because it's like every, every other day, the unsub is a white male in his 30s or 40s. And it's like, okay, yeah, seen this before. But yeah, that's still going on. And finally, uh, another show that came out in 2005, I actually remember watching the first episode of this when it was live on TV. Grey's Anatomy, which recently broke the record as the longest running uh, medical drama, beating out ER. ER, which I maintain is still a far superior drama to Grey's Anatomy, but that's a discussion for another day. But yeah, Grey's Anatomy is still chugging along. All right, so at this point, uh, I want to switch up a little bit and do the TV recommendations a little bit earlier because of what's going to be discussed at the end of the episode. And uh, there's some news about Designated Survivor coming back. Uh, according to an interview that Kiefer Sutherland did, the show is going to be returning in May. And it's going to be on Netflix. So after ABC uh, dropped the show, it was picked up by Netflix. But Netflix apparently owned the international rights to the show. So once ABC dropped them, Netflix picked up the domestic rights. So it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna come out in May. That's what is scheduled to come out so far. And they're gonna be 10 episodes, which I think is actually perfect for the show. In the sense that they get to cut out a lot of the fluff, a lot of the unnecessary dead zones and like dry episodes where they just felt like they had to meet like a full season package. So hopefully when that comes out, it'll be a lot better because season two kind of dropped off a bit. Then I want to recommend two other shows that are coming back for season two. Uh, first one is a show called Barry. It's a dark comedy, like really dark. And it has like very dry humor and like lots of uncomfortably funny moments. And I recommend it because uh, it stars Bill Hader, uh, an SNL alum. Uh, he was in a movie called Trainwreck, but he wrote, produced, directed uh, this show a lot of season one at least and it's basically like a, a contract killer who has some sort of existential crisis and he's just trying to find a way to work through it so i recommend that one and the second one is a show called killing eve i i actually got on this show late last year and it was so it was pretty good in that the performances were good and i liked the plot of female antagonist, female protagonist, and uh, it stars Sandra Oh. And she got a Golden Globe for this performance, actually. And honestly, I felt like she wasn't even the best performance in the show. I feel like Villanelle was, had much, a much better performance. 
but maybe some people felt like because this role was such a big departure from the role Sandra Oh played that made her famous as uh, Type A uh, Dr. Christina Yang from Grey's Anatomy. And I, if that's the case, then I can definitely understand because she's more like demure, more uh, laid back, more like unsure of herself in this role. And but yeah, I really recommend these two shows. So we're gonna take a quick break here, and then we'll be right back. All right. So at this point, uh, I'm sure a lot of you have heard by now about the tragic shooting death of rap artist Nipsey Hussle. Passed away over the weekend, and the shooting occurred in front of his Marathon clothing store in South LA. And there were two other victims who are in critical condition right now. And the more details like I find out about the shooting, the sadder it gets. Like, for instance, the two victims with him. One of them was a friend of his who had just gotten out of jail after spending a long time there. And Nipsey was basically trying to line him up with some clothes from his store so that he could be you know, presentable to his family when he went back to see them. And the other guy was that friend's nephew. And uh, a lot of details surrounding this story are just very, very sad. And by Monday, the suspect was identified. I'm not even going to mention his name. And there were vigils held in different cities because you could tell he was just really beloved. And uh, by Tuesday, the suspect was apprehended. It was in police custody. And from artists to athletes to even members of like the LAPD, like he was beloved. And and you could tell he had like such a big impact on his community and was trying to empower other people to be self-sufficient and be productive members of the community. And honestly, I wasn't too familiar with his music, but I was familiar with his message about black empowerment and how ownership of assets, assets that create value for you and your family are much better than jewels or cars or what other uh, artists were always talking about. And that might just seem like, well, that's common sense, but it's not a message that's being uh, put out there by other artists of his ilk. And the thing is, he wasn't just like talking about it. He was putting in the work that a lot of people would say you need to do for you to be credible. Like he had set up uh, a lot of businesses where he often actually hired homeless people as some of the workers there, trying to get them off the street and doing doing something positive where they could be able to provide for themselves. Also had like a STEM learning center where he was trying to bridge the gap between uh, underrepresented uh, neighborhoods when it comes to education. And he was just a really beloved dude because he was not only talking the talk, but it was walking the walk. But an annoying thing about the coverage or the response to this tragedy is how many learned people are riding so hard for such an easily disprovable conspiracy. And this is about that Dr. Sabi or Sabi, I'm not even sure how to pronounce it, and how Nipsey was uh, killed, either killed by Big Pharma or by the government. And 
the thing about conspiracy theorists is that they can point to anything and say it's part of the conspiracy and i'm like you're, you're you have an education a two-minute google search will help you figure out that no this is not it and of course the even when he started the documentary looking into the circumstances surrounding dr Zabi and uh, his supposed cure for aids a lot of people were saying oh protect him at all costs because he's trying to expose things so that sort of uh feeds into this sort of distrust and believe me i understand if there's one community that rightfully has a distrust for big organizations and the medical organizations to be precise i can see why like something like the tuskegee experiment comes to mind but this is also why we need to understand like we're also susceptible to people trying to take advantage and fill those spaces like yes i'm all for black excellence but black people are not infallible there are people who will try to take advantage of your mistrusted others and prey upon you but it the sad part is his whole life and death have sort of reduced this man down to a single story of this conspiracy and that how that's all he had going for him and i really hope like there are more ways that he's remembered other than this conspiracy and the thing about this is like stop feeding into this whole conspiracy because it's like this faceless thing is just so much easier for us to face than you know gun laws or gang violence or even mental health amongst people in the black community where these are things that require real groundwork and there are people who are doing phenomenal work in these aspects but if we can just start howling at the wind with regards to conspiracies it keeps us focusing on something that's more tangible where we can actually where we actually have to do work to combat and another thing which people keep bringing up in these conversations is this so-called this black on black crime thing and it seems to be the way people are explaining away everything that's wrong like first of all the entire thing is a myth because it it implies that black people are more predisposed to violence and if you don't understand the coding in there then i i don't know what else to tell you because when you look at the numbers in raw numbers more crimes are committed by white folks that's because obviously there are more white folks and when you break it down to percentages the difference is negative like it's 63 percent for intra-racial uh, violence among black people and 57% for white people. So anything where you're trying to feed into this where, oh, black on black crime, no. Race isn't the biggest proponent or biggest indicator of crime. It's actual socioeconomics. And it just shows that poor people or the less fortunate are more likely to commit these crimes. And amongst that group, according to uh, some data that I've seen, and I'll post on the website, that poor whites are more likely to commit violent crimes. But anyway, uh, I, I would like to get away from like the entire conspiracy talk because you can tell like uh, 
there were a lot of people who just loved him as an artist and as a person because he was trying to do something where he was using his platform in a way where you would you could be proud of yourself it's like you know what do this own this maintain this manage this and flourish and again when you see people paying their respects someone who has just died don't be that oh so now you're a nipsey fan like were you not loved as a child like what, what happened there like if that is your first instinct like oh now it's time i'm going to call out fake love then i don't know like just i hope that you seek like that healing that you so desperately need because like are, are you going to stop people from mourning like i you see someone else mourning their relative and someone pays their respect are you going to say oh you didn't know them just just don't do that okay and realize that people can mourn more than one person at a time and people can discuss more than one topic at a time so please don't don't be that person another thing i wanted to get into and this was a sad story that came from home. Uh, a young man named Kaladi Johnson was was killed in Lagos, Nigeria. And the reports are that he actually died at the hospital while awaiting treatment. And that in itself is something where we could get into, but at the moment I just I just don't even want to get into that because that's like an entire podcast that I have concerning like the the state of the healthcare system in Nigeria. But this one specifically it's like a young man who he basically moved back home from South Africa where he was trying to make a better life for himself and his family came home and then went out he went to watch a soccer match at a viewing center and the members of the police force the SACS like an anti-cultism squad said they were looking for a suspect in dreads that that's what that's the big thing the guy had dreads and he would call it Johnson was a part of the group which was basically pleading the man's innocence and the policemen sprayed bullets and I suppose it warning shots but some of the bullets were directed towards the crowd and Carly Johnson was hit and it's just such an, a needless tragedy where like i have okay i have a serious question about sars and these specialized squads like are, do, are there like can anyone like mention like serious success stories about this or are this just rogues with guns because even amnesty international has called for the overhaul of this these groups for a while and before the election they there were this promise that the 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 groups will be overhauled they will be they'll be reformed and all that and it's it's just been more of the same and this story has touched a lot of people because it's like it's it just didn't need to happen and prominent members of the community uh artists actors and surprisingly some government officials and this is like the first time i can ever i can say that i remember seeing something from the presidency where they're expressing condolences on a matter like this and then the even the nigerian police force has mentioned made mention to it and one of the developments is that the, the officers involved have actually been arrested and they claim that justice will 
be upheld and they will bring them to justice and all that and i don't know if anyone is actually like hopeful that that's going to be done but at this point the fact that they're even saying something is like a big deal and it shows you how far we have to go so uh there i saw something where uh some people went to visit and there's some sort of fundraiser going on because he leaves behind, he left behind a, a fiance and a child and uh, i believe uh, if you go on banky w's twitter page you'll see some information about how you can help in any way so if you'd like to make a donation or assistance in any way i will put a link on the website on the well actually pod website and you can just click and get directly to whatever information you need regarding donating uh again these are two young men who are just trying to do something positive needlessly gunned down and i really hope that the fair their families can find strength and peace in this really difficult time so that brings us to the end of this episode i'd like to thank you all for listening please uh remember to rate subscribe review on whatever uh, platform you use to get your podcast again we are on apple Podcasts, itunes spotify google play stitcher and youtube in case you like video accompaniments and on the website you can get the audio and video version of the podcast together on one place thank you again for listening and I'll see you next week.